no chance. episode 82 of the no chance radio show as always your hosts ryan and nate and mel god we're so good at that now it's like uh, how many episodes have you been in since like like sort of recurring what was that like four or five episodes ago i think so yeah yeah we're getting it down we sound good guys we sound good uh thank you guys for joining us for today's episode man we know like it's hard to listen to a whole hour of us talking but we're glad you're back this week we really really appreciate it uh, before we sort of get into our show for today can you guys please follow us like at no chance radio we see the listens we see you guys like being interactive and shit but like you know send your boys some followers we could use them we want to <laughs> pay our bills and get somewhere someday, you know what I mean? Um, but, but one thing you guys have responded to, which is actually pretty cool, is we put out a little APB earlier this week about answering a couple of questions. Uh, we ask and you sort of give us random topics to talk about, so we appreciate that. I'm sorry if this all sounds so rehearsed, but this is our third take at this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and let's hope we can get past the seven minute mark before realizing that somebody's not recording this shit. <laughs> sorry. Ryan. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, let's get into some of these questions. Thank you guys for sending them through. First question. Actually, let's let's start with this one. So let's, let's shake it up. What is your dream streetwear collaboration? I guess that means like what two brands would we want to see collaborate or like who would we want to collaborate with? Let's answer that in two parts. Like what would be your dream streetwear collaboration to like collaborate with and then, and then to like two brands that you would want to see or three, whatever, however you want to do it. Ooh, Multiples. Um, I don't know. I think for like for us to collaborate with, I don't know if necessarily like I hope you guys count Nike as like part of streetwear like that would be so sick to have a nike collab i don't see that as being too far off you yeah. know what i mean like you could see you see a lot of like influencers nowadays just like he, he got a shoe or like you don't even know like they got a um a collaborative shoe i think it's a little bit easier now you know what i mean there's so much yeah. like picking and choosing of who's doing cool stuff what do, what do you think mel um in terms of us like doing us it, yeah i think having like a carhartt collab would be cool That'd be you know, tight. some like no chance workwear. Ooh, we are some tough sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so why not have the clothes match, right? <laughs> All right, let me think. I definitely think like, fuck, damn it. Nothing comes to mind in terms of like the dream streetwear collaboration. I think maybe partnering with like a big, like a musician would be really sick. Like somebody that's kind of in line with like things that oh a Tyler the Creator collaboration would be cool. Ooh. Like if we did like just t-shirts or no, we did like a green hat. There's something about that that would be really cool. I think like you know how like seeing people collaborate with like like their favorite artists. Yeah. Like sort of like I'm growing up listening to this artist and I get to grow up and then when I become big I get to collaborate with this artist. I think that oh or maybe even Pharrell if we're going to speak in like the music space. Oh, Pharrell yeah, would for be a sure. super sick one. I don't know what we would make, but I would just let not him. music. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what about your dream collaboration and seeing like two other uh, brands mixed together? Uh, for me, Carhartt work in progress is always always a winner. And 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 who else? Or collaborating um, with with 
this could be fucking anybody. <laughs> You're right. They're, I don't know. Their execution for collaborations is just done so well. Um, I think they do a good job of kind of embodying both brands in one piece. So yeah. It's definitely like aesthetic over logo when it comes to like how they work with other brands. Yeah. There's something about it that's always like says like this shirt or sweater really looks like both brands or like looks like they both put a lot of time and effort into like encapsulating like who both brands are in terms yeah. of their values into like an actual shirt, which is really hard to do. Like all you typically see is just logo on top of logo and that's you just call it a day. But okay, what do you think, Mel? Um, I wanna see more human made collabs. I don't know if they've like done one with Dover Street, but that would be cool to see if they haven't. Have they? Uh yeah, they did. Um I think well, yeah, I think they just did one for was it for uh I've never Chinese seen New Year or like Lunar New Year? No, that was a uh, that was actually babe. Yeah, yeah, I I've seen like I've never seen the actual two logos together. Mm-hmm. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if they if they ever do one. Like they're both pretty like top tier like streetwear brands, so I wouldn't be surprised to be yeah. honest. I actually like um one of my well shit. This one could be sort of like far fetched. Maybe with ooh Maybe like an off-white In-N-Out collaboration. <laughs> Something about that would be really, really cool. Just like the typical shit that you use, whether it's like the trays or the wrappers, like how would that look with like a different, like how, how else could you imagine that stuff other than what it is? The same way you look at a Nike shoe and you're like, he really thought of this? Like you, you really <laughs> thought to do this to this? Like I can only imagine what, um, what Virgil would do to uh, food. like an off-white cuisine like that would be really really cool all right let's get into the next question which is if brands are to make a comeback which brand would you say is going to make the biggest one in let's go 2020 2020 2020 biggest brand of 2020 what do you think it's going to be i wouldn't say the biggest brand but i would say a brand that's definitely on the come up is or sorry on the comeback I guess, yeah the comeback is Stussy for sure yeah um i think we always talk about it in other episodes maybe even like the very first one i think but i don't know just something about Stussy. it's it's people are re- starting to realize that it's it's a very timeless like streetwear like quintessential streetwear brand yeah yeah definitely agree it's it's easy to find places so it has that as um, not aesthetic but it has that quality to it where you kind of treat it like um Kind of, how, I guess, look at it like a like an Air Jordan One, right? Like it comes out every so often. Everybody wants it. It's always a staple. I think with Stussy, it's it's kind of in line with like, yeah, it's not too pricey for streetwear, but I can like they have that higher tier like cut and sew stuff, which is really important. Uh, what do you think, Mel? Yeah, I also which agree brand? with Stussy, like Stussy women in particular. You know, just I want to see them continue to grow more. I also feel like like Champion. That's a really big brand right now, but I feel like it's going to continue to, like, push itself even more. Like, a lot of people put Champion in collabs or, like, their own, like, apparel, but to see them do more, like, quality work, I want to see in the future. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, uh, the Stussy Women Collection is always, like, when I look at it, it's a little bit better than the men's sometimes, which is what I really like. And it's gotten, like, their aesthetic has gotten really, like, to the point. Like, the, mm-hmm. you kind of, when you see it... it it's not a reach to look like any other brand currently, whether it's like we want to have that more of a high fashion appeal versus like, oh, let's kind of keep it to like the origins of like Stussy streetwear, which is like, you know, bigger, 
larger logos, et cetera. But now their stuff is like, you can barely tell it's a Stussy piece. Like you don't even see the tag, you don't see anything, which is like really cool sometimes. Um, and then the last question, which I think is a good one because we don't tend to talk about our um, sort of jumping into the music space, but the question goes, why did No Chance decide to get into the music scene? Nate, do you want to answer that? Sure. <laughs> um, Ryan and I have talked about it before. I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but it kind of started out as us just throwing a party kind of for the fuck of it, just to see if we could throw in and yeah, see right? who would show up. <laughs> to celebrate ourselves. Yeah, so we ended up throwing a party, what was that already, last November? Yeah, about so six months ago. Black yeah. Friday. Oh, yeah. Black Friday, yeah, so November. Um, and it actually went really well, and we were pleasantly surprised to see the turnout, and we kind of thought, like, you know, why not make this a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And what it's turned into is pretty like it's pretty out, uh, outstanding in, in how it in, in how it happened. And it's way beyond my expectations of what I thought that we could do. Um, but it is like like we always say, like it is a, a great platform for like amazing upcoming talent or even talent that's been doing it for a long time in terms of DJing and producing out here in the Bay Area. And we have a lot of fun. And I know a lot of you guys. They always, you guys always talk about coming and you guys live across the country or shit, maybe in another continent. Um, but our show that we have this Friday is the day that you're listening to it. We may have like a live stream link, maybe if I get my shit together and you guys can enjoy in all the festivities with us, which would be a lot of fun this Friday. But if you're in the Bay Area, please come out. It's on <laughs> this Friday at 9.30 p.m. That's right, 9.30 p.m. Um, can I ask you guys a quick question real quick? Because I saw an article um, online and it kind of detailed this idea that um, print is dead, right? And the argument is, why are fashion brands still pursuing print, you know, putting a lot of money into print, magazines, um, books, public any sort of publications, why do you think brands are still doing that when people don't really care? Or like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to speak for myself, but when people, they're, um, I guess, yeah, they just don't really care about buying magazines. Like their attention span is. Like yeah, it's not. Care. It's not the first thing they're going to spend money on yeah. nowadays. Uh, I think there's still that like, it's it's almost become like sort of this niche consumer that likes shit that's different. You know, yeah. like that actually values having something physical, like something tangible. Yeah. Um, and some people just like collecting shit. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think for the most part, people are just, I wouldn't say lazy, but it's just less convenient. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. What do you think, Mel? I agree with that. I also feel like brands do it for themselves, you know, for archive purposes or like, you know, if someone's like a really big fan of a brand, they're going to buy it. So in the future, they can look back on like, oh, like this is what their fall like 2000 collection look like compared to like um, fall 2019. Yeah, you know? I agree. I, I agree with looks, like being able to look back at, at what you've done as a brand. I think having an archive, having a, a historical trail of of every thought and every idea and you know, where you were in terms of your mindset at this point. Uh, magazines do a good job in basically setting things in stone for as long as obviously the publication lives. But I, I think I agree. I think magazines for me have always been something that I've sort of like wanted to collect or I thought that there was a um, 
more of a, fa- of a fascination around magazines. My brother and I actually had a job where we would stock magazines at grocery stores. So we got to see every single month's version and um, the covers and, and everything. And, you know, when you're bored or, like, you don't want to do your job, you just grab a magazine, you start reading stuff. So there is this, like, affinity of just, like, you wouldn't be able to read about your favorite, well, for me, uh, your favorite skateboarder and, you know, interviews and, and all these different, like, editorials. It's It provided, like, way more perspectives than what you would get just from watching TV. So you could hear 18 different writers write about these different topics and it just felt like like you were reading almost like a like a novel sometimes because it was exposing you to so many like so many different perspectives and that's kind of why I like I I like print magazines and stuff. Yeah. But there's a debate now, right? Why would fashion high fashion, I mean we we still even see the likes of like Hype East putting out a monthly magazine. We see books like All Gone that cover the the year of streetwear. Um, that re- and this book releases every year. Um, things like Grind and Popeye, big Japanese magazines that come out consistently every month. And even things like Vogue and Glamour and Elle, et cetera. There's all these brands that that invest money into maybe having that back cover, having large... Um, editorials written about their brand, et cetera. Why do you think it's important for brands to be in publications or to have tangible, hard copy publications? Uh, I think it never hurts, I think, for one, to cover all your bases, you know? Like, Mm. a lot of brands focus, they don't dedicate any time to, like, ads in print or anything in print at all. Uh, which is like justifiable. There's plenty of other ways that are more efficient to get your name out there. But I, like I mentioned earlier, I still think there's, there are different categories of people that still like gravitate toward print for whatever reason. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. What about you? Um, I look at it like a consumer, you know, like the way people think about print is like how people think about like brick and mortar stores Mm. compared to like online, you know, there's just so much overconsumption on the internet that I feel like when you have something tangible to look at, it lets you like stop what you're doing and just focus on like that one article or that one like piece of clothing you see like on the page. And it kind of like allows you to get grounded again. So it's nice to have to kind of bring you back to your roots. Like it's very old school of doing things, but like what Nate said, like cover all your bases. It's just good to have like if you really are into that type of thing. We're not supposed to have as many options as we do. You know what I mean? Like it's not... It's not normal for us to be able to have access to a thousand different web stores or um, a thousand different versions of a particular news event at our fingertips. You know what I mean? Like there's something about being able to focus on one thing at a time, especially within publications and and not be all discombobulated with, you know, oh, there's this and there's this and there's this. You're kind of just focused on once I start reading this, I'm going to read it all the way through and there's a particular context and particular story to it. But I think for brands nowadays, it is the, um, it is covering all your bases. Like why not still be in print if people are still buying print? <coughs> also, I read that a really good point of, of why print is so important is because that's where your target audience is. So whoever's picking up that Vogue and, bu- and spending money on buying it probably really likes Vogue or like what Vogue is about and the brands that they attach you 
attached to or the brands that they feature in the magazine. So I think that's really important also. And, and I think, I think that makes sense, you know, like that's why there's so many different versions of every magazine. Like I swear there was like 20 to 30 gun magazines and I'm like, how many different variations of guns and different things that you need to be reading about or how many you, uh, it was just really confusing. But I think having print is important to sort of feed that niche market or niche audience that does want to continually read <laughs> their shit nowadays. Like I get it. Like I personally like love magazines and, and if I see like a really good cover of like maybe like an artist or a skater or a designer that isn't traditionally on magazine covers, that's always really cool. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think I get most of my news or at least read most of my articles Probably on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, same. I feel like that's the that's like the the new age way of doing things. But that's not to say that you sh- still shouldn't sort of divulge back into you know actual print. Yeah. Because shit, like I think the last book I bought was maybe like shit. I don't know. I did buy a magazine recently, like a streetwear magazine. I think you know how the like the Bape and like Human Made like lookbook magazines come with like an item. Yeah. I think those are the only magazines I end up <laughs> buying because I get something out of it. Um, but let's talk about the larger uh, conversation for today. And I know we all had a chance to listen to it, but it's a big follow up from an episode that we did a few episodes back, maybe about two or three, where we talked about Jeff Staple and his huge annoyance with the fact that American Eagle Outfitters was hosting a consignment shop, a uh, sneaker consignment shop called Urban Necessities in their store. Um, Okay, that may sound like a typical thing, right? You have uh, some decorations of some some really rare shoes and, you know, they can't be sold and whatever. But this is actually different because it's an actual store you can physically shop at and they have the stock for. It's not just some some showcase it's an actual buying experience and the reason why there's such a such an uproar about this is because essentially what brands pay to avoid is to is to avoid being any store that doesn't sort of match up with who they are as a brand their brand mission etc so just imagine a high fashion brand like I don't know, a Balenciaga in Old Navy. I highly doubt that they want to be on the same <laughs> in the same sales. You know, room, it's funny. It's like almost floor. like picture what that would look like. Oh, terrible fits. <laughs> Bootcut jeans with fucking <laughs> Balenciaga <laughs> sneakers. How awful. Um, but yeah, like brands have specific people in charge to make sure that their shit is being sold in the right place. Things that are on brand, etc. Um, so the the larger discussion here in in this episode of uh, Hypebeast Radio with, what's his name? J.C. Lopez, the uh, founder and owner of Urban Necessities. And they talk about the conversation of where retail is at today and why this makes sense as a brand. J.C. has a big background in being like a sneakerhead and kind of understands, you know, uh, the new age way of buying and buying culture. And he presents really good arguments on why this American Eagle and Urban Necessities Sneaker consignment pop-up makes sense. Do you guys agree with, you know, since we all had a chance to listen, do you guys agree with his sort of opinions on on where retail uh, experience is today? And do you guys agree with, like, where it's going to be going? Um, I mean, 
overall, you know, I was like we talked about it, was it two weeks ago. We kind of yeah, covered I think this. It, a little I think bit. it was two weeks. Yeah, ago. Yeah, we kind of covered this a little bit, and I think it really kind of depends on how you look at it. If you're looking at it from like the business perspective, mm. or more of like the diet hard like streetwear like aficionado perspective. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, because one is like very business minded, whereas the other is more concerned with like narrative and like authenticity mm. and you know, like stuff that's not really tangible. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I, I get it. I understand why he took the route that he did because I think, like he said, the business of retail is changing a lot. And I think people sort of overlook resale and mm. like consignment as not like a, not like a, a business model that'll do well like yeah. today and in the future. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. We kind of touched on this before last week too. We kind of said that, you know, reselling is a business model that works because there's always going to be something cool. Yeah, of you know? course, of yeah. course. And I, I think just in general, it's that what what's causing such an uproar is that brands, they know what they want. You know what I mean? Like, especially when it comes to, to footwear brands, the reason why they design certain shoes is because they know who their target consumer is. And sometimes like holding up a, a certain level of, of I'm just going to say clout but like some of these shoes are made for certain people so it gets really difficult when you know your average consumer or a consumer that you don't really see yourself attracting your product to is in a store where it's easily accessible by everybody and anybody I can understand the sort of gripes that these brand owners or these yeah these brand owners have um, but I think I think it is like um, it's it's open to everyone now. You know what I mean? It's it's the wild wild west in terms of being able to find a place to buy a product because if it's not here, it's going to be somewhere else that you don't want your shit. You know, so that's kind of my two cents on it. What do you think, Mel? I think it was interesting, like to hear Jeff kind of talk about like his intellectual property. Like they didn't really have rights to have his stuff like in the storefront. Like. I never thought of it that way, like, as, like, a brand owner. So to hear kind of, like, his concerns compared to, like, JC's, like, business model, like, thinking, you know, like, it definitely wasn't a collab you would really see happen organically. So, of course, like, it was nice to kind of hear, like, him answer the questions we all had, like, previously. Like, we were all, like, very skeptical of, like, why did he do this? And for him to answer it very thoughtfully and smart, like, it was it was really good to hear him, like, break down, like, his thought process, like, before he decided to jump in. Yeah. So, it was definitely cool. And I do agree, like, you know, retail is dying. So, to kind of see, like, this small brand get rebirthed in a way, like, to match, like, like the new consumer it works for them and I don't know if it will work for like other brands like moving forward to do this but I think it was a smart move for Urban Necessities like solely so like props to him for making it work. Yeah and I don't, I don't think that that particular business model works for everyone like you said you know like I think that's a huge one-off that could set the precedent for brands to come but it's just so oddly specific that it works you know american eagle being that of like the third largest like retailer for denim and pairing that with the, like a sneaker consignment store 
the two almost go hand in hand, like we discussed in previous episodes. So that just sort of brings a larger question of just what is your expectation for retail in the future? Do you see it as uh, like within the next year, we're going to see a lot of these random, <laughs> random companies and brands tend to like mix and match and we're going to see a lot of success and a lot of failure or do you think like these one-offs are just kind of going to kind of stay one-offs and we're not going to see anything like as crazy or as drastic as as this um i think i don't know i think the sky's the limit i mean we've always, we've seen i think we've seen stranger stuff yeah. in terms of like streetwear you know yeah. um i think like i said business-wise like hats off to JC for, you know, making that work. And, um, I get it. Like it's logistically, like it makes sense as a business. Like we talked about this in the car yesterday where like, if like a six, if a company that does like six, like 60 billion in revenue approaches you and says, Hey, we want to collab. That's not an easy thing to say no to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You're right. Like what morals? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Give me the money. (laughs) What do you think, Mel? And just in terms of like retail and, you know, even in the sense of like talking about print stuff, like is the old way of doing things, do we use that as a, a foundation to further like the progressiveness of, of what these stores and what old, the old ways are doing or do we reinvent the wheel, you know? I feel like old school and new school go hand in hand. It's like yin and yang. It's the perfect combination in terms of like brands and retail and consumption just because like you need that old school mentality to think back like, okay, like this worked in the past. So like, how can I use what we know and improve on it to make something better? And I feel like for retail, you know, for me, like as a consumer, I love storytelling. So I'm going to go into a store and like, I want the experience. Cause when you go online, you're not looking for a website to have an experience for you. You're going to go cause you know exactly what you want and go straight to cart. So when you're in a store, like it's more about like, making a memory for yourself to come back to that brand in the future. Like, what's going to make it stick for the consumer? How can I bring them back into the store? So having that old school, like, you know, having print magazines they can take home or, like, just getting them into the store and, like, talking, like, having a really good conversation, like, that's what's going to make a lasting impression for people to keep talking about the brand to make it, like, live on. Yeah, and that's still, an, like, for us, that's a more traditional way of looking at streetwear, right? It's we want to go to the stores and, and experience the the storytelling and the, the, like what the store has to offer. But kids that have, are now just discovering streetwear only know this is being is bought for this price and sold for how much? Like that is the mentality for uh, new age streetwear kids. It's all about the flip and all about the profit. And if they're not gonna, if, and if and if they're going out to the mall, there should be a store that matches that same mentality. So why not? why not let it be like, you know, I know with a lot of like Chinese Asian consumers that come to America, like a $900 shoe is nothing if they know they can sell it for however much out um, in another country. So having those stores, those stores readily available and being able to sell the hottest shoe of the moment, like why not, you know, yeah. why, why the fuck not? Yeah. So <laughs> we talked about this earlier about dream collabs. What would your like, your like retail dream collab be in terms of like you go in this store and it's the coolest experience store that you could ever imagine. What would that be? Uh, 
like a Dover Street Market for sure, hands down. No, that doesn't like, exist. Oh, that doesn't <laughs> exist. Oh, okay. What would okay, it be? Okay. Ooh. Like, what would it look like? Or like, yeah, what like, would what would it look like? What What would it be? What would be the experience? Like, for example, I would want to go into like, um, like a like a mixture of like a Chuck E. Cheese, but like a streetwear <laughs> store. So it's like, it's entertaining, and you can like play games and win tickets and buy like cool streetwear stuff. Do you have to like crawl through the tunnels where like kids pee? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you crawl through the fitting rooms, like no. But I, I would want a store that's like. You earn your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I could just I could just pay for it to walk out the store, right? Like there's a thrill in fucking camping out. There's a thrill in doing raffles. Why not there be a thrill in trying to knock down like a, a bunch of bowling pins and win <laughs> some off white shit? Like we play the little claw game, not the little claw game, but little insert the key to win the shoe. Yeah. Why not it be like a fucking like, like a whole arcade? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that'd be cool. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, just watch. Just watch. Okay. Chuck E. Cheese and Off-White Club coming very, very soon. <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, I think, like you said, something that's just going to take me somewhere else completely. <laughs> like, um, I think it was really cool how fucking, like, ASAP Mob did their, like, bodega like yeah like that was tight. <laughs> that was really cool. Like, I want to be transported somewhere, like, dusty. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, there's no way this could possibly be a store. Like, it's yeah, right. Shit. Like, like in a barn. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption and yeah. something oh else. Gosh. Or it's like a it's like a really divey bar. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, something like that. What do you think, Mel? I think something like ex- experimental or like experience based. So like maybe like a like a color factory type of like a, like venue where like every room there's like a mini collection you can buy and mm. it's based off of like the theme of the room but like you can also experience Kinda like Dover like, Street <laughs> or like you can experience you know like some like an art installation or you can like do some like exploratory shit like a streetwear you know? fun house I guess yeah <laughs> so maybe combine like yours and mine everything's like a different vibe <laughs> everything's a different collection by different uh that might be actually really cool. Like a more of like a seclude. That's a mall. <laughs> That's what a mall is, Melody. That's a fucking mall. Because <laughs> I was thinking like, yeah, different retail stores completely separate from each That's other. That's all I was talking about. Though. Like different rooms. Gosh. Yeah. And then they have, like, damn the- near what it is. <laughs> they have like the kids like play area. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my idea comes in. We damn, damn near just thought ideas. of the idea of a mall. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh Jesus my goodness. Christ. One of the things I wanted to do in this episode that I don't think we've ever done, and we kind of provide like little golden nuggets and we kind of provide like a little silver lining to every every topic we get into. To be honest, there's no silver lining for this episode. Um, it's just a lot of really random <laughs> ideas that I thought would be really fun to talk about. But at the end of this episode, I wanted to go around in a circle and basically what's one one gem what's one like nugget of like new streetwear that you just came across or you think is going to be really cool that other people may not know like right off the bat or like brands to look out for what would you what would you guys say what's next in terms of your interest and what do you think it's going to be next uh i think for me personally kind of going back to like japanese streetwear so like neighborhood visvum like uh double taps like i think yeah. that stuff's gonna start like that sort of that sort of vibe that sort of aesthetic i think that's gonna be pretty big again 
like in the next few years. Yeah, so. I can see that. I see yeah. like the like the, the the whole denim thing yeah. being a big thing again. Yeah. Oh, so uncomfortable. I can't go back to <laughs> yeah. that. So uncomfortable. What about you? Um, like one brand that I talked about on my website, like is C2H4LA. It's like a like experimental type of like streetwear brand, you know, like they're based off of chemistry. Mm, so Bill like, Nye brand. I guess, <laughs> you know, like it's very like futuristic meets function. So like adding, you know, like tactical zippers to like a like pair of pants, like a pair of slacks, you know, yeah. like just adding more dimension to something that's already traditional. So it's definitely out of like what I wear right now, but I like it. Like it's so different that it, it draws me in and I don't think you hear a lot of people talking about it. Is it like, um, is it something that you always thought would be like, like a, an interest at some point? Like, like originally you look at that type of wear and you're just like, Ooh, that's a little crazy. Or like, I don't think I could wear that. But do you think like you're in a different place in terms of, I want to branch out into like wearing different things. Are you kind of like tired of, like your particular style, like what kind of attracts you to it sort of like, like in terms of like what you're currently wearing is just like new. Yeah. It's just, it's definitely something different that like maybe me like two years ago wouldn't like think twice about. Yeah. And now it's just like, it's just so eye catching where I want to try and make it work for me. You know, like I feel like sometimes I'm kind of simple because I like to be cozy, but you know, like you have to branch out. Like how are you going to like know other brands if you don't chest them out? You know? Yeah. Agreed. I think for myself, man, there's a couple of different things that I've been like getting really into. I think like art, like art's going to be, it, art's like a, a really cool thing to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean like, like high art or like under knowing who paintings are and like paint theory and color theory and all that. I mean, just like, appreciating like cool art like i know a lot of brands that they'll release prints and those are always like the most exciting thing to me like seeing you know how how a brand embodies their artwork like a brain dead does like really cool artwork that i wish that they would make actual prints for and like posters oh that'd be amazing like posters and prints like just in general have always been like really interesting to me obviously like having an apartment makes a difference because you have to (laughs) fill the walls with something um and also I'm, I'm really into human made. <laughs> There's something about that that when they first started and it kind of being too, maybe they, they hadn't like had a streetwear touch on it yet, but they were very adulty in the beginning. They were very like, it was almost kind of dad like, yeah. you know, like the shit that they put out. Yeah. yeah and it was yeah. very like, like old school. Have you ever like, if you ever watched movies where they show like baseball players in like the fifties, Yeah, that's kind of like what their clothing kind of looked like. And I guess, yeah, they, they've started to make just, like, more, like, T-shirts with graphics and hoodies with, like, cool graphics. And I'm like, all right, I'm into this. It's a little expensive, but I, I'd say, like, I'm I'm pretty much sold on human-made now. They're, they're doing a lot of cool things and partnering with a lot of really cool brands. And, yeah, it makes me hate uh, Bape now. <laughs> like, just, just, just off the rip, it makes me hate Bape. Like, yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> Nigo's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, you guys have anything else? Any... any news or topics <laughs> I, think I think we covered it yeah, yeah. i think that's good <laughs> to be honest this is a very 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 high episode and i think you guys can tell that by the way that we're acting <laughs> um but we appreciate you guys listening to us and we may or may not do this on the next one <laughs> we'll see we appreciate you guys listening be sure to follow us at no chance radio we have events every second and fourth friday of the month so if you're ever in the bay area 
come out and turn up with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's always been a lot of fun. I haven't remembered maybe the last one or two of them, <laughs> uh, but they're always a good time. So we appreciate that. And we appreciate your guys' support and listening every week. And on that note, that is episode 82, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye. Later. Bye.